Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations around sex and sexuality. Today, I'm super excited. These are like topics that we haven't really hit on a lot. Excited to bring like a fresh um, perspective into the virtual room. Um, So without further ado, everybody, please welcome to the mic life coach Shelby hey Shelby hi how are you <laughs> I'm so good how are you doing today good like we were kind of talking about earlier I'm nervous but a little I'm good. nervous a little excited yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel you you're saying like yeah I've I've done some podcasting but it's always on the hosting end and for me I'm like yeah, yeah anytime I have to guest also I'm just like oh god I suck <laughs> Even though on this end, I've been doing it for years. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Totally different. Yes, it's very intimidating on the other side. (laughs) Don't worry, I got you. This is a safe space. um, And we'll just let it all hang out, you know? Like, it's all right. It's all good. It might suck. um, And that's fine. No, it'll be good. It'll be good. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a good way to start the podcast. Telling the audience that it might suck, but it's fine. Um. <laughs> it's gonna be good everyone don't worry yeah maybe we should be putting more positive vibes out um you have notes and everything yeah we've got yeah we've got some topics here i'm pulling up this email and i'm really excited uh really excited to delve into some of these topics but before we do um can you just talk a little bit more about what a life coach what a life coach does and specifically like what you do with your practice so i i'm just transitioning into um this realm basically right now of life coaching okay so it's something that i've been really interested in and being led to with uh the experiences in my life anyway Um, I love teaching people. I love helping people learn how to heal um, and develop themselves better and become more healthy in their um, in their body and the way that they regulate their nervous system and the relationships, all of that stuff. Like, is that stuff that I want for myself? And then when I learn how to do it, I'm just really excited to share it with everyone. Be like, oh my gosh, you can fix this. So, um, life coach for me would be like learning how to become a more well-rounded person and then to expand even further into um, who you truly can be when you become more secure and more confident in yourself. And um, and then my specialties within it too are, are the things that I'm like, the most interested in. Um, would be, right now I'm focusing on learning about attachment theory, which is what we're gonna talk about. So yeah, like so insecure exciting. attachment, yeah, insecure attachment styles versus secure, but we're mostly gonna talk about insecure because that's where the work is. And then um, sexuality, just, I, I love I love learning about sexuality. My um, <laughs> my actual current like full-time job that I'm gonna be shifting out of it is working 
it's like completely kind of completely different realm but not really um it's reproduction but it's reproduction with horses so i'm oh, wow. like a horse interesting. i'm a horse yeah a horse midwife right now <laughs> oh my goodness that's so interesting yeah so I, I love animals i love horses as well so that's like on a side side note um and then my my other interest which kind of really started me on my healing journey was um starting with reiki so like energy healing yeah. and um and then that was like something that connected me into uh, the more spiritual realm of yeah. everything as well so that's kind of like those are my interests those that's kind of what i vaguely do and i'm focusing in a little bit more um as i get <laughs> as i get further along into my transition of moving that way but that's kind of where i'm at right now oh amazing okay yeah because it was like it was really interesting um like chatting to you before uh we started recording and like just doing the admin of this because it was like yes i'm a life coach but also um you know i have this real interest in sexuality and then like the way you said like okay i want to attach i want to talk attachment theory but i want to talk it about it in a way of like attachment theory in the bedroom and i was like oh <laughs> like my brain you know that emotion with like a head explode I was like yeah yeah. (laughs) so yeah awesome yeah let's fucking do it um (laughs) so maybe okay to start this conversation off just for folks who like aren't familiar with attachment theory literally at all let's let's start there with what it is and what are the styles and then we'll go from there okay well attachment theory is basically um how how you are attached to um, others in general. And it's based around how you were attached to your uh, your parents or whoever your like adult uh, figures were in your life when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, attachment can also, types of attachment can change depending on um, events that happen during your life. If you end up being like in a narcissistic relationship with someone, if um or just any type it can just it can change depending on relationships and dynamics and how long they've happened but mostly it's based around um how how you grew up and what kind of attachments your your parents had with you and so So essentially like those attachments you've had with your parents that's kind of how you go out as an adult or young adult go out into the world and attach to like other people how you relate Mm -hmm. in your relationships to like other people, friends, you know, other family, um, you know, uh, partners, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it can actually change, like your style can change depending on who you're dealing with. So you can be a certain way with your family, a certain way with your friends and a certain way with your romantic relationships, which is really interesting. So you can kind of change. Um, so the different parts, we can start off with the secure one, which is secure, very healthy, regulated, um, you know how to communicate well. Um, there's not really like any, there's not really, not to say that there isn't any issues, but issues get talked about and get figured out really easily. And, and you're very uh, in tune with yourself and what's right for you. And you're not afraid to step away if something's wrong. Like you'll work on it first, but you'll, if it's not working for a while, you're like, no, this isn't in line with me and this isn't right. This is like, I need to set a boundary here or um, this has to be done. And that's kind of where like secure, it's a very healthy relationship to self and with others. Okay. It's, this is like the person that's done the work or they're like very, yes. very lucky uh, <laughs> that they were like, I don't know, born that way, <laughs> like nurtured very well <laughs> as they were young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which to be honest, I don't. Um, I don't really think that there are a lot of people that have had really secure relationships in, in general in their life. 
Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. It's so sad. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I, I kind of feel like everyone's, I don't know, I feel like we're here all to go on a journey of learning how to heal ourselves and become more healthy and interact with people and heal other people in the world and, like, expand out as far as we want to. So, um, yeah, no matter know, where we start. To, yeah, like, maybe we're supposed to all be insecure and then work our way into a more secure life. So, um, yeah, so anyway. So secure attachment gonna... style. Yeah. Great. And then, okay, so the next one would be the anxious preoccupied. So an AP, I'll probably use um, the smaller terms. So um, AP, anxious preoccupied, is the person that's anxious. Um, they are more, uh, they're kind of like the people that are a little more clingy because they're really scared of being abandoned. So like conflict's really scary for them because it might mean that someone's going to leave them. And, um, and then they, they might, they just want you to keep, basically like reassuring them that the relationship is okay and that you still love them and you care about them. And then they might do these weird, weird things, which are like these testing behaviors that are like, do you still love me? Um, are you going to get jealous if I do this thing? And it's like, those would be the unhealthy reactions to it. Mm. Um, and they might try to like push away for a second, but it's, it's not really going to take very long for, <clears throat> for an AP to come back. Uh, if they cause some sort of like conflict and try to push you away, it'll be like 10 minutes and they're going to come back and be like, oh, hey, do you still love me? Are we still together? Are we okay? <laughs> Is it all right? Um, you passed the test. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, it doesn't sound super healthy. <laughs> no. And and like it can, it, they're varying degrees of it, right? So um, like APs can go all the way. I feel like they're the ones that are kind of like can go all the way into like stalker. Um, type syndrome if they're like really clingy and can't let go and there's like a certain need that this other person was meeting that they didn't meet in themselves and that that person has and like I can't lose that because I don't know how to give that to myself um, that would be like the furthest side of an AP right like um, way on the one side of the spectrum yeah yeah but there's but there's other people like there's people that there's, there's lots of varying um, amounts of, of how anxious people are right so that's the furthest end but there's there can be other just anxious um ways of noticing it and that would kind of be also in your body so noticing that you're um like you're dysregulated in any way so you always feel like you're in fight or flight and you're you'll feel like the anxious like electrons bouncing around all in your body kind of thing if you think of your biology class and what like a i think of like the water solid solid liquid gas molecule diagrams that you got in bio you're and not a solid. like the get yeah not a solid you're a gas and you're like bouncing all over the place yeah, yeah. Like when you were kind of describing that, there are definitely parts of that that like I connected with for sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. The this understanding that it's like it's not one thing. It's like it can look a few different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anxious, preoccupied. Yes, and then okay. So the next one that we'll do is the dismissive avoidant, okay. which is a DA, and so this is the person that's basically. Um, this, so this is interesting. All the way that I would describe this for me is like how I actually started getting being interested in um, in like uh, doming. So I, I haven't really done a lot of that, but I started really uh, moving towards like this dominatrix type feeling and what I thought, what my version of it was, which isn't actually the healthy version, but I felt like this. It looked a certain way, which was um, like this very stoic type of woman. Mm -hmm. who didn't really let people actually get close to her. She was the boss. It was like her way and that was it. And um, that's kind of like the general idea of how I, I started kind of moving into like, oh, this is attractive for me. But I realized that that wasn't in a very healthy space of learning it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's, this is... that's the stereotype of like yeah right yeah yeah which is touchable yeah yeah and that's and that's not really what it is but when as you say that so cold is actually the the um like what would uh dismissive of what it would be described as okay so they um they don't really want to deal with conflict um they're more likely to basically avoid everything and just push away because they're used to meeting their own needs and they might and they wouldn't have gotten their needs met as a child so they learn to be able to meet them for themselves but it's mostly um survival based needs okay and then their emotions weren't um okay to share basically so they're probably not super in tune with their emotions and when people are really emotional with them or if emotions start to overwhelm them that's when they'll pull back or they'll push that person that's really emotional away because they're like what are you doing that's like we don't we don't show those we don't do that here yeah yeah in this house <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so yeah i kind of yeah i understand how the dismissive avoidant attachment style is like that's kind of a cool visual of like this this stereotypical femdom yeah. And it helps me associate, yeah, what, what is what. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then, so then the last one is the fearful avoidant, which is the one that I actually identified the most with, which is you're basically a little bit of both. You're a bit anxious and you're a bit avoidant. So uh, basically this is like a swinging pendulum where you, with, let's say with a partner, so you could go... Uh, oh my gosh, don't leave me. And then it's like, oh, okay, like I'll pay attention to you. And I'll give you the closeness and stuff. And they're like, oh, 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 wait, hold up. Like you're too close now. I don't know if I trust this. And then you push them away. And then it kind of just like goes back and forth like that. So there's this like really, you have to kind of be in that like middle ground for the fearful avoidant to feel really safe. Mm-hmm. And this is because the fearful avoidant is used to um, like chaos basically in their home. Um, that's the most, that's the more uh, stereotypical version that uh, FAs had. Uh, family members that were um, it could potentially be like the more abusive type of households or like you know like drinking parents or um, a lot of anger I feel like I feel like even um, even if your parents like spanked you and that was the worst of it kind of thing like when you were little Mm -hmm. that could cause an FA reaction because all of a sudden your parents that are supposed to be safe aren't you're like wait a second I don't understand like why are they hurting me kind of thing right so it feels unsafe in the house now so I think it can go as simple as simple as that, um, or it can go again to the extreme of being like a very um, unsafe, like properly unsafe household, like abuse or drinking or um, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, anything like that. Or even if it wasn't aimed at you, it could be aimed at the other parent in the household, right? Mm-hmm. Or the so kids. that's kind of yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where um, FA could be. So it's like um, the visual that are in. Uh, when they're describing it with like kids is saying like you know the kids the kids they want to come to their parents and they want to feel safe with them but they know that they can't trust them so it's like run towards them because like i want the comfort i want to get a hug i want that love and affection but i'm really scared of you so then they might go and like hit you and then run away yeah wow okay yeah all right and so and then anger would be like the biggest feeling that you feel with um if you have like fearful avoidant tendencies yeah okay Mm -hmm. and that's and that's what we got that's what we're working with here Mm-hmm. attachment styles yes okay so since we're now going one step further and like kind of bringing sex um like understanding attachment theory like in the bedroom with like sex um so let's start talking about this i am so excited <laughs> <laughs> okay well why don't we go to um why don't we go back to like what i was saying with the da and the dom type thing okay and i yeah, can kind of please. I, 
So when I was, when I started learning about this, I don't even remember exactly how I got into it, how I got interested in it. I just started, I think it must've been a partner that I ended up being with and he got me into the, like the world of kink. Yeah. And then I kind of just started like learning a little bit more, reading a little bit more, and then starting to understand that there's, you know, it's, um, we are, it is not like dom, being a dom in any way, like male, female, whatever gender it is that you, that you, um, non-binary, however it works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to look that cold, that cold way kind of thing. And this is where you come into like recognizing how you can be more secure in that position of power kind of, or well, yeah, I guess both sides have power, but, um, so realizing that there are these conversations that you can have, which again, this would lead to like being more healthy in a more secure way. So having those conversations before you do a scene or before you have sex or whether the two of them are combined together and then learning about like the aftercare and what's okay, what's okay for you, uh, what's okay for them. Um, what does the bottom need? What does the top need? the sub or the, um, the dom, like, and learning that, you know, you need to be able to support one another in that. And that's really healthy interdependency versus, um, very unhealthy. Like I'm, I can see it more in, uh, sometimes in sub subtypes, mm-hmm. um, where all they're doing is taking mm. and, and they don't actually realize that like there's a human on the other side. Not Thanks. just a kink dispenser. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, um, and yeah, and that like, and that the top the or the dom needs, needs something too, right? Like it's, it's really important to understand that, um, like I've had, I had an experience where, um, my like dom side came out more with a, uh, a different partner, but I, I very much felt like I was being used for it. And I didn't really realize I was like excited to, um, to have that side come out of me. But then the way that I was being treated overall, I was like, I just feel like you're using me yeah, and you're totally. not listening to me. And I feel like a bad person and you're not, you're not like, has he like degradation? And I was like, okay, like I can do that, but I don't actually feel good about it. So, and then he didn't like reassure me afterwards. That I was still a good person kind of thing. And I don't think people always like realize that and think about that be like, I don't like, I don't want to feel like a bad person person this isn't like I don't like to say these things to you yeah I like them in this specific like curated context like this, yeah you know uh, often people that do humiliation it's like that's honestly one of the most dangerous kinks like Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, you know what I mean? There are, are lots of kinks that are like physically a little more risky and you have to take more um, harm reduction surrounding, but it's like, it's kinks like the emotional type kinks that like, in my opinion, require just as much, you know, uh, harm reduction, negotiation, aftercare, all of that stuff. And like mm-hmm. these really in-depth conversations surrounding like what we are doing here and our intentions for the scene. And, you know, um, backing that up with all that reassurance like you were saying of like you know this doesn't mean that I think you're a bad person if I'm calling you these names you know it doesn't mean that you know I think you're actually like this that and the other and like for me with humiliation scenes specifically I'm like think about it like this if this helps you kind of contextualize this and help you understand um, the difference between doing this in a scene and our relationship 
you know outside of the scene or how you feel about these terms outside of a scene I'm like think about it like this if this helps you okay um, I'm doing this like intense you know humiliation scene with you we've planned it out you know what I mean I'm here we're doing this like long thing with all these elements and activities involved would I be doing would I be giving you this much attention um, no matter what the attention looks like on the surface, would I be here in this room with you for this long talking about it before and after and like really curating this experience for you? If I truly thought you were a piece of shit, like I would just mm -hmm. not be here. I would not choose to be here. I'm choosing to be here in this room to, you know, live out this fantasy with you and do this with you. Like if I truly didn't like you, I, I, what you know I'd leave I I wouldn't be here in the first place right mm -hmm. so it's like just trying to contextualize it as in like this is like a love language right you're asking for this thing and I'm helping facilitate this thing for you you know mm -hmm. so it's like because for me also as a top I'm like I require aftercare as far as humiliation I need to know that you understand the context surrounding this and I need to know that I'm not actually hurting you in any way and all of that stuff you know what I mean and I have words that are off limits for me topping a humiliation scene it's like so much nuance right just like endless endless nuance mm -hmm. yeah and I find that the the most interesting thing that I experienced with something like that was um that the the same things that you're saying in a scene would be super hurtful if you said it to them in normal life yeah, and that's often what we're attracted to, this taboo nature of these activities, of these words and names and all that stuff, right? It's like, it's so wrong that, you know, it, our brains do that thing of being like, well, it's so wrong, it's kind of right, you know? But <laughs> yeah. the, yeah, but like the baseline is, no, it's so wrong. And that's why we, people don't do stuff like that <laughs> outside of, you know, unless they're really not, uh, they're really toxic people. But mm -hmm. yeah, totally different in context, all about context, right? Yeah, and it's just super important to have like the right space for it too, because that was the other thing that like I was encountering was we didn't actually have a, a contained area. It just kind of kept like bleeding over mm. into life or like into us dating versus uh, versus actually like a connected scene, which I kept saying, I was like, we need to actually like make a scene time because this is really hard because I can like I can keep going and, and like integrate this throughout the day but I don't actually like I don't know if this is actually working and now I just kind of feel bad and I like you're reacting poorly and then if it's like in a different context you're reacting in a good way like I don't know what's happening but I just don't feel very good anymore yeah that's and that's uh really something important to know it's like okay we only do this in a scene outside of mm -hmm. a scene we don't do this type of play you know what I mean and that's the boundary you can put up some people like it to bleed over and do it here and there, you know, maybe you're in a 27, 24 seven dynamic with somebody and, um, you know, that is what you do. But again, the nuance of you need to know all of these specific things about where and when and why and how we're engaging in this kink together. Super important uh, conversations mm -hmm. to have. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in, in, I guess to like bounce off of, of this here, so we can like go into this needs conversation, like what are needs for various types of, uh, yeah. attachment styles and, and then combining them over into, uh, into sex and into any type of play basically. Great. Um, so there's this list that I have and it's got like 45 different personality needs basically. 
Um, so <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I love a read prepared it. person. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna read off a few of these just so people can kind of like see how they um, flow together and see if there's like certain things that actually uh, connect okay. with what they're doing. So. Um, like one of these things, the first one would be approval. So if you have this need for approval, how could you put that into play when you're having sex? And that could look like something like saying, oh, like you're a good girl, um, good girl for doing that. Or you're being a really good boy for doing that. And like doing that type of praise and approval in that way. Yeah, exactly. A good toy. Mm -hmm. Whatever (laughs) it is. Whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, spirituality. So if you are a very spiritual type person, then maybe uh, tapping into some stuff like Tantra and Mm -hmm. looking into that would be really good for you and getting that more um, connected spiritual presence that combines in and doing like sitting with your partner and doing breath work or just doing it by yourself and and seeing how the energy starts to build within your body and understand what type of um, like energetic blueprint you are. And are you a kinky person? Are you sensual? Are you energetic? Do you, are you um, like very physical and, and sexual? Like all all body um i love like doing grounding activities yeah like yeah before before a scene because that is something that i wouldn't i don't know if i'd call it spirituality but yeah just Mm -hmm. like being in your body like energy energy is important to me yeah yeah especially in a a scene or whatever so it's like eye gazing you know yeah yeah breathing together yeah your breathing Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's actually a lot more, a lot of people that are more energetic than they actually realize. Yeah. And that's, that's something like a lot of people can actually look, look into because it's kind of like how our intuition comes in and talks to us. But if we're not really used to actually listening to it, then we don't really realize what it is. And you're like, I felt something like way like 15 minutes ago when now I'm upset or I feel uncomfortable. Like what happened? You're like, if you listen to that little nudge or if you're connected with that little nudge, before then you would recognize like oh it was that i had this need over here which looked like um i wanted to express that i needed comfort for something and what does that look like like what did i need then how can i express that to my partner how can i give that to myself and um again if we talk about comfort in the bedroom that could look like like temperatures temperature play um or just like being cozy in the bed or the right type of like sensual textures like what are you in are you naked or are you in something that feels nice on your body or do your sheets feel nice or are they dirty and do they need to be clean? Like, what does it look like and how can you be more comfortable? Yeah. Comfort's a cool one. Cause that can also like, to me, I picture rope, right? So many yeah. people when they're bound, they feel like they're swaddled, you know, that sort yeah. of a feeling or like even kinks, like trampling, smothering, like something mm-hmm. where they feel just like encapsulated by a person's like weight, like a weighted blanket, human yeah. weighted blanket, different yeah. stuff like that. Super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just being like completely held. Right. So depending on the position that you're in. So if yep. you're um, like uh, if your partner's like I'm female. So if my uh, male partner's behind me, or it doesn't even matter if my partner's behind me um, and then like we could either be like spooning what we're having sex or we could or it could be like doggy style but then he like comes over me and, and it's like holding me that way right like that can be a, f- a form of comfort while you're actually having sex too yeah I've definitely done like um just talking about like being behind the person you know that can be kind of a position that's like can feel slightly disconnected because you're not facing each other right mm-hmm. and so if you're not 
touching each other at the same time, you know what I mean? You can kind of lose that comfort element, right? If you kind of forget about the rest of the body. Like, because I've done, you know, many pegging scenes with like lots of different vibes, you know what I mean? Depending on like the intention of this activity for the person, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I've definitely done that thing where it's like, yeah, you can peg somebody, but also be like bending forward and just like holding them while you do it. And suddenly it's this like comforting, sensual, intimate, like close activity, you know, totally different vibe from just like, you know, grabbing their hips and railing them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is great, too, for, you know, somebody that wants that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And they have sexy themed events running all the time. Here's just a few as I'm scrolling through their Instagram, which is located at Club M4 Events. We have threesome Fridays. We have a sexy plus size play party. A night revolving around mini skirts. Naughty on a school night. Ooh, and a Buy Pleasure Wednesday night dedicated to all things oral. Well, if that doesn't get you excited enough, you can head on over to their website at clubm4.com to investigate even further. The club is located at 1989A Dundas Street East in Mississauga. You can come by and see what a club made for swingers by swingers is all about. Okay, so then we've got other needs, like things that you might not necessarily think of and how you could play this in the bedroom, but um, things like social justice and education. Oh, interesting. So if, yeah, so if you like needs like that, and you could potentially play that out in, um, like in role play, right? So if you want it to be like, I, I actually do want to educate them on something, or this could be, again, like the way that you do a, a dom sub um, dynamic. Um, I can't remember what that, <clears throat> what that type of dom is called. Um, like teaching, what's a teaching dom called? Like mentor, mentor figure? Yeah, or... sure, sure. Or it can literally um, be a teacher-student role play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so either way, yeah. <laughs> so you could do that, or you could be like the person that's this, you know playing this role, the social justice person, and like getting on your high horse, but whatever it is. And if your partner re- feels really, um, like loves to see you when you're in your element, which is like teaching, or when you're like really um, riled up about whatever social justice issue it is, like bring that into the bedroom and do it, like play, play with that and do it that way, right? You can try to do that. Yeah, I've fully like done scenes where like you know you have you have fathers coming in and doing a scene with me, and I'm like, um, you know, trying to keep him on track of like you know, shit like housework and co-parenting and all that stuff, and like you know you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to like get into like how much are you contributing to your household? You know what I mean? And they're like, oh well, I babysat this week. I'm like, I'm sorry, you babysat. <laughs> 
It's called one parenting. Hour. Yeah, like, and like, oh, sir, you helped out around the house? So that means what? That you're assuming that all the housework, that job is your wife's? Like, I'm sorry, what? No helping out around the house. No, do mm-hmm. not use that phrase in my presence. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, and this would be like a perfect, a perfect place to actually say, like, how? Like, how how are you helping out? What does that actually look like? Does your partner actually recognize that you are helping out in that way? Like, is that their love language? Do they know? Mm -hmm, Or are they mm -hmm. still resentful? Right. So like, do they need, do they, um, I think moms more so need like acts of service because they're so overwhelmed with doing a lot of like always doing stuff. Right. So like, please, I can't take the trash out. Please take the trash out for me. Like I just, or I need the laundry done. Like I just can't do this and wash the kids and do right. So if, if you like, if you start to be able to talk to people about like, is it acts of service that you need? Like, do you want, do you need more touch? Like, do you like to, um, like is physical touch one of the biggest things? Do you need like, a, you know, your, my hand on your back when we're just like standing there and chatting with each other or making dinner? Does that feel nice? Do you need words of affirmation, right? Like, what do you, what is it that you need? Or do you want gifts? Do you want thoughtful gifts or quality time? And quality time's like this whole other, um, it can look certain, it can look different depending on what your, again, your specific needs are. So quality time and emotional connection could look like, um, eye gazing, or it could look like having deep conversations that you guys are both really interested in, or it can look like, you know, spending time in the same room together, reading, but you know, you're together in the room, but you might not actually be interacting. And then sometimes it could look like actually going on dates and you're like, I really want this specific time where we go out and have like an adventure and have fun and connect that way. Um, and do, and do stuff like that. Yeah, knowing the nuances and it's the thing of like having these conversations so that you know how the other person is receiving, um, you know, love and attention and all that stuff. It's it's like that also strikes me as very like a sub like getting in your DMs and being like, oh, I want to serve you, mistress. I'm going to jerk off for you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And like that did not consent. (laughs) First of all, yeah, first of all, did not consent. Second of all, yeah, not your dom. So um, and then also, like, wouldn't the first question, if you're a service sub, wouldn't the first question be, how can I serve you, mistress? Like, yeah, or, or whatever honorific uh, they use. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, interesting that sometimes service subs want to do the type of service they want to do, right? Which is uh, important, yeah. too. But it's also like, uh, like, what is very important in that type of a dynamic, a service dynamic, is like, what does the dom actually need done here? Like, yeah. more than anything, those are the things that need to be done. So, like, if your type of service is jerking off for your mistress, then you, you know, go find somebody who likes that. Like, ask what they want. And if they're not saying that, then move on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like not a lot of people are going to be saying like, this is what I really need. I really need you to, to jerk off for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like that's a, a that's... wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, mm. Out of all the lists, the list that I have in my head, that was definitely at the top. <laughs> <laughs> you jerking off for me. Oh. oh goodness. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, anyway, actually, you actually touched on a need, though. Anyway, like service. So okay, service. So it yeah. could be like if there if there is a service sub, but yeah, being attentive to like if you're gonna be a service sub, like how can we do this? And again, and t- talking about like the the love languages of what does that what do acts of service look like in yeah. what different ways, right? So 
Yeah, could um, be doing the like, dishes, could be jerking off for them. Who knows? Yeah, it could, could be either or. Just make sure you ask, ask. first and there's, yeah, I need to know for sure. Um, <laughs> wealth, wealth can be one. So in like in regular life, just, you know, building the wealth. But then if you wanted to actually play with that in, in the bedroom, it could be like, um, this could potentially go with uh, like beauty or um, status as well. So wealth, beauty, status, any of those can go together. So if you want to play with like, again, like really luxurious looking um, outfits or, or jewelry that you're wearing or literally go for like, you better throw money at me while we're doing this. Kind of yeah, thing, right? go like I full Fendom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like that can look, it can look in like ways like that too. So that's how you could bring that into the bedroom and then... Yeah, and I feel like luxurious fabrics, like what makes mm-hmm. you feel rich? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive, but it's like mm-hmm. what textures, what, you know, yeah, what things feel, evoke this feeling for you. Yeah. And then one of the other things I'm thinking of that could actually combine with that is like the sense of adventure and and novelty too. So Mm. if you want to combine it with that wealth and luxury, it could be actually like getting out of your, your place and then going on that trip to and like, you know, splurging on a really nice room. So you have the adventure of going somewhere new and then you have like the luxury of the room in itself and whatever it looks like. And so like, you, you know, you can combine different types of needs together and um and like layer them and they can actually hit like it can fill a couple of them at one time if you know how to actually like conceptualize it and and link them together yeah yeah which is really cool yeah that's a skill for sure yeah like let's hit let's hit a bunch of these (laughs) yeah (laughs) which and that's honestly that's like one of the things that i end up teaching too is um how do you like how can you actually fill all these at once and how can you fill these needs in like in regular life but then also over here in in the sex world that's where you want to focus on um and like how do you meet them all at once so that you can like feel super fulfilled and within like within you know a, a short period of time instead of trying to fill them in these other ways of like you know I want emotional like connection um, combined with sexuality. So I watch porn, but really what I actually need is like connection with my partner and I want to, ha- and then like I want sex that looks like this and that would like having, like doing that with your partner would really fill that cup versus watching porn doesn't really do that. Like right. it would fill it up, but just really slowly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Or that instant gratification thing. And then yeah. it's like, oh no, I feel uncomforted again, <laughs> you know, after. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, it's just not getting filled up enough properly mm-hmm. and then depending actually and saying um you can actually have like a hole in your need bucket because if you this would go into kind of talking about like the degradation play again potentially is if you consistently have in your mind this like story the story of you know i'm not i'm not good enough i am not worthy of having this emotional connection i'm uh, I'm going to be abandoned. That sounds very fight. insecure. Yeah, you know, insecure it is. attachment theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But th- those are the things that a lot of people have in their brains too. Like you don't necessarily realize it until you stop and think about it. Like, what did I think about today? What were the stories that I was telling myself? And then, and like, why do I never feel satisfied? And it's like, well, because you've got a hole in your bucket because you're telling yourself these awful stories. So change, change the di- like change the story in your head, right? If you catch it. And say like, how can I poke a hole in this story? How can I say, well, no, I am worthy because of, you know, I've I've got this job that I really love, and that's and I, I make money from it, and that makes me 
feel worthy and my partner did this thing for me and that makes me feel worthy and then just kind of like poking holes and finding like opposite proof of whatever negative story you originally telling yourself yeah and then you can kind of make yourself like make your um your thoughts that much more regulated and secure and healthy just by kind of trying to catch and do those things for yourself okay i love that um so what else can we go through um we have one topic here that i really like because okay um i had a lot of trouble personally finding like a sex positive a kink positive a sex work positive therapist Mm -hmm. yes that was like that's a real thing that is like it feels like they're few and far between and like Mm -hmm. also polyam um um you know i um i wanted to say educated but like um you know non non shame um judgment free surrounding polyamory and uh experienced with that as well and it's like wow i need like all these things and it just seems like that's not the norm yes uh i would agree with that cuz i um in my experience with the like the therapist that i've had for myself and the people that i'm learning from if i if I bring up, I like to bring up sexuality and sexuality can be topics that we talk about, but then you include something like kink and it's like, Ooh, that's unhealthy. And I'm like, it's actually, it can be, but it's yeah, like anything. Not, it can't yeah, be. Sure. But. Yeah. But it's, it's not, there can be healing in it. And I think that's what a lot of people are actually trying to attain with it. And they just don't necessarily know how to do it in the best way. And, to, and again, to fulfill the needs the right way, or they're tr- like they're trying, but they need to they need to fill up their own cup, and then, you know, and combine and learn and, and explore and and just learn to do it in a more healthy way, basically. Yeah. Um, but there's, that's there's like such a... half of the like when I used to do like online domination and like um, yeah, it used to border into like life coaching type stuff, and like that that was often that beginning narrative of like okay wow it seems like you are practicing this in like a pretty unhealthy way actually so it's like trying to turn that around for them um thank the lord i just do in-person work now and don't and don't have (laughs) ongoing like uh virtual dynamics like that because man that is a lot that's a loaded loaded um conversation to have yeah Mm -hmm. so i i uh you know, thank you for all your service. <laughs> thank you for your service. Thanks. I'm just starting. So it's everyone come, come at me. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Only if you're ready though. This is actually what I'd like to talk about with in the combination with this though. It's like, What's that? you know, if, if you're not actually ready to do the healing, you need to know that you probably do know that. Like if I, if the stuff that I've kind of said already, you're like, you know, why don't you just uh, try to change your story and you're like oh that doesn't sound very good like I'm pretty attached to my story uh, or even I don't or even <laughs> I don't have a story yeah what are you yeah everyone about? has a story yeah this narrative that you mm-hmm. yeah are perpetuating yeah yeah I do yeah, or if you certainly yeah yeah we all do yeah yeah or if you feel really anxious in hearing about any of the things you're like oh like I, this you know uh, degradation really serves me. I couldn't really, I couldn't see like trying to, trying to change this for myself. Like there's, there's stuff that needs to be met for yourself first. And again, you can still be interested in degradation. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you need to find a healthy balance of it. Yeah. Right? Like there's a reason you're attracted to that, you know, and I'm <laughs> not saying there's, you know, there's, uh, people go into their kinks because of trauma, but a lot of people do also. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, you know, if you're finding yourself with this conflict, it's like, okay, like, let's honor, try and honor the parts of um, that kink that you are attracted to, you know, that we can do in a healthy way, right? It's like, it's, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Yeah. It doesn't mean that, yeah, degradation is bad or that, you know, you shouldn't do it because you're having these kind of conflicting feelings surrounding it. It's like, okay, maybe that just needs to be worked at a bit and figured out and then um, then you can feel great about doing it rather mm-hmm. than feeling conflicted about doing it yeah yeah because I thought there's like some things that I thought about in in my readings and learning about um, like some of the sub the sub drops uh, particularly and then just how some people have explained like what it feels like to them and some of them can feel like so um, bad and then in that case I'm like was this actually so was this actually like really healthy? Because you got what you needed and it could have been really good in the sense, but then at the after effect of it, like if you're having that reaction, I don't feel like that's, that means that it was actually very healthy for you. Exactly. That's how I read it. Same. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, though sub drop, yeah, sub drop can happen for lots of different uh, reasons, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Some people do have like, yeah, a severe sub drop, like emotionally, and it is de- directly related to these like conflicts we were talking about surrounding their kinks of like, wow, there's, there's some stuff here that I need to figure out and work on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah common. I, it's common. It really is. Yeah. Cause I think it's, um, I was trying to remember the specific example that I heard when I was um, reading one of the books, but I think one of them was like, you know, I'm really, like they were really saying like, I'm really not worthy. Like that's what kind of, like it was good in the moment when it was actually all happening. And then afterwards they really started thinking about it. They started believing it. I'm like, if that's really like an inner belief that you have, you need to equilibrate it. Yeah. And that play is like edge play for you like that's dangerous play for you that you need to really navigate like in a super harm reduction you know type of way yeah yeah that can be very potentially dangerous for you then yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and these are and so like going back to the therapist stuff like these are the things that I think that the therapists need to understand more and it's kind of interesting because I was having a conversation with someone else where they were saying you know it's amazing that with the therapist you have to find someone that is um, like very specific to certain things. You're like, therapy is supposed to be a non-judgmental platform yeah. in the first place. So like if there's judgment to kink or if there's judgment to race, if there's, you know, misogyny, if there's um, uh, issues with someone that's gay, like those things, you're supposed to feel safe. Like therapists are supposed to be able, like they should, I feel like therapists should be able to, if they're having reactions and they're really getting like upset about certain things and they're being triggered. I'm like, man, you guys got to do your work too, though, right? Like if you need to be able to hold space for these people, this is what, like you're going to create more shame. Yeah, yeah. Like specifically a lot of people, um, because they don't feel safe with therapists or they don't have access to therapists, um, they do go to kink to explore things like gender, things like sexuality, mm-hmm. um, you know, and because like a lot of kinks are um, kind of in that taboo area, right? It's like, mm-hmm. imagine if, you know, somebody who has having feelings about their gender and then they go and, you know, um, s- do a kink scene 
where they want to, they're like, yeah, I think maybe sissification feels good. Feminization feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that. And they're being put down for their, for being quote unquote feminine um, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And like how confusing that would be, right? Um, For me, like sissification is something that I do very infrequently and I have lots of boundaries around for that reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would never want somebody who is, you know, questioning their gender and trying to explore and figure that out. And they don't have like a, you know, a, a queer friendly therapist who can help them do that work on, you know, on the other side of that like yeah you can eroticize it and not saying there's anything wrong with that and you can explore it in these kinky ways which is really cool but like yeah if you're again just that thing of like if you're coming into it uh, in an unhealthy way that can be so fucking damaging so fucking damaging and a lot of people see dominatrixes um rather than therapists in yeah. fact, no, it's so funny, Shelby, and I, I don't know if you are aware of this, but like, no, it is so funny. That is a thing that happens in PSO work, like uh, phone sex work. Yeah. Um, is that uh, sex workers, like uh, PSO sex workers, will have a, um, like, their persona, their sex work persona is a therapist. Mm-hmm. So they're not a therapist, but like they're, you yeah. know, they're dominatrix. That's, the That's their little role play thing is that yeah. they're a therapist. And um, like, man, the people that come see these quote unquote therapist PSO workers, mm-hmm. like these are people that <laughs> like, I'm not putting a blanket, um, you know, generality on this of all people do this, but a lot of people go to them what they really need to be going to see therapists surrounding yeah uh, yeah it's it's it can be messy and it's like man if only more therapists were if only it was more accessible therapy just in general is way more fucking accessible that'd mm-hmm. be great but then on top of that imagine you had these uh there you know more therapists that have a more nuanced understanding of like uh, of kink and and why all the intentionality underneath kink, right? Mm-hmm. So valuable. Well, I, yeah, I feel like um, again a lot of the stuff that I've heard like in podcast in some of your podcasts and then in like the other stuff that I've read and whatnot. Like I feel like um, dominatrixes are very very much like they are coaches a little bit because because pe- people I think like if you're being a dominatrix, it's actually more about um, like understanding human behavior and learning about people and like being really interested in that. So you're like, you're quite interested in in just in people in general that way Mm -hmm. and understanding them and whatnot. So it's, um, I feel like you just learn how to be, show people how they can be safe with you, which is like a really valuable healing tool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It can be very therapeutic, right? Um, yeah, it's not therapy, but it can be very therapeutic. Yeah, if you're yeah. both intending to approach it that way, because a lot of people go into kink for like their intention is like healing a part of themselves through kink. That's totally valid and totally awesome. Uh, but mm-hmm. also, wouldn't it be great if you also had a therapist to help you unpack all all of this kind of stuff? Yeah, and understood yeah. why you were going to a kink uh, for those healing kind of intentions. You know, mm-hmm. and could help and again, you on that, that journey. Yeah. And again, like that's where you could come in and that's where you could look at like what, you know, 
if you if you want to mindfully do this or if, again if you guys want to come and uh work with me uh you mm-hmm. can come I like look right at your... here <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah not a not therapist life coach so i'm not like yeah. certified but yes i can i can definitely help you in some ways yeah. um like going back to your needs and saying like i just you know why is it that i want to go for this is because you need there's this certain need that you want fulfilled right like you want this validation you want this uh attention or like novelty or whatever it looks like right like you you want these certain things so bad that you're looking for it in in this way like that's an aspect of it right do you know what i'm thinking of (laughs) which is so so random but i think it might be kind of perfect um you know how there used to be like this reality show that was like my bizarre eating addiction or something like this oh something about a weird like (laughs) weird addictions that people Like, like yeah, like, eating cotton or something. Yes, weird stuff, like non-food stuff, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I'm I, fascinated at all weird, everything weird, right? So, you know, I gave it a couple episodes. And, like, some of it was, like, you're craving that thing because literally your body has a deficiency in, like, whatever, who knows, mineral, vitamin, whatever the fuck it is, right? And, like, yeah. that's why you are kind of in this weird feral way unconscious way you know um craving this is because you're actually your body is severely deficient in this thing it cut <laughs> but like you know you could also just take some vitamins it's like yeah you know you could do it the healthy way you could do it the, the insane way um yeah. i shouldn't say insane i i like to i'll say wild in the wild way um that's something I'm purposefully trying to do. Anytime I want to say insane, that's insane, that's crazy. Now I, I want to make the shift to be like, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a good good shift. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting you brought that up because I was thinking about the other day and I, my brain was going like, yeah, what is this? What is this doing for them? Like, what is this meeting? Because I, I kind of like, I was like, it, to me, I can hear, I can definitely see the side of it being like a mineral thing, but I could almost see it being like a fetishized way of, of getting that thing. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like, you know, like it's a combination of two things. And so there's, I would say there's probably like a psychological aspect to it, but then this, um, you know, internal nutrient thing that could, could be there. So it's like, I think lipstick was one of the things and cotton was yeah. one of the things if I remember vaguely. Yeah. I um, remember like there was like some like tiling by a pool it's like a specific type of kind of foamy tiling oh. by a pool that they would like pick up and eat like this is oh fun piece. i know that's the one i remember for some reason but no this is interesting that you're saying yeah it could be a combination of like this body needs thing versus this emotional needs thing that's happening yeah that you're gravitated towards yeah some yeah just, some some wild non-food items. Yeah, I might have to go look this up afterwards and see if I, I know. I might have to go watch a couple more episodes. <laughs> yeah, I have oh a feeling you know how TLC was like a really good educational channel for a while, and then at one point it just started just doing all we all like trash. We, yeah, all just trash reality <laughs> TV. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it was on TLC. <laughs> Yeah, my bizarre like eating habits, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, go back to the home flipping stuff. I like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh lordy. Okay. Um. So yes. So um, kink friendly therapists. Um, I feel like um, 
it just to put a, you know a cap kind of on this on this topic it's like because I feel like a lot of people go into kink with just so much because um, it is taboo you know so <laughs> it's like we a lot of people that go into it are going into it because um, I d- again don't want to generalize because some kinks just literally come out of nowhere mm-hmm. um, but some kinks come out of that shameful place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like to have a therapist where you can unpack that shame and understand that shame and work through it and heal through it. It's like, um, that's, that's a valid, a very valid and a pretty common kink experience. So if the therapist doesn't have that kink element, it's like, yeah, that could be a major puzzle piece. That's that you're not, that you're missing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, the the thing with uh, like insecure attachment styles and, and, and this and, and it can come into like the, the kinks or the fetishes and stuff too. I don't know. I'm not actually sure if fetishes could be healed or not. I'd ha- again, I'd have to do more research on that. I don't want to say that in a way where it's like, I'm a fetish is a bad thing. Yeah. No, fetishes are um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, what I'm just thinking of is that with uh, like, as you, as you learn to become more secure, um, sometimes things go away kind of thing, right? Like you, there's just no need for this thing. So for example, like one of my things that I've been noticing for myself is that I really love to travel. Um, but, but now I'm kind of like feeling this thing like, Oh, I don't really know if I want to travel as much. Like I still really enjoy it, but I don't really feel that need as much because I had this, um, this feeling of, of being trapped and not feeling like I was actually free. And then once I started healing that, um, the freedom of traveling wasn't as big of a need for me anymore. Yeah. Like that craving. Yeah. Like, where's uh, that craving coming from? It's like, Oh, cause I was feeling trapped. So yeah. 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 So, um, so uh, like just in saying that, I think that there's something, so with like with the, with the kinks or in the way that you relate to the kinks, they might actually change and shift and you might not actually want to do certain things anymore in the way that you had been doing them because, um, it doesn't, it, you just don't need it to be done that way anymore. And I think that in, that can be really scary for people to be like, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have this. Yes. Right. And that, yeah. and that could be something that stops them from wanting to, to like progress. Explore this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and that's okay. Cause it just means that you're not ready at that point, at that point in time. Right. But yeah, but I just yeah. know that if you're, you know, if you're getting into stuff and you keep having similar experiences, you attract the, the energy that you are, right? So wherever you're at, if you're really insecure and, and, and like have unhealthy relationship with yourself, and that's the same thing you're going to attract, like you're going to attract people that, you know, push your boundaries because you don't have boundaries. Um, if you feel shameful, then someone's probably going to tell you that you should like, yeah, you this thing is shameful. You're right. You should be that way. Like everything's going to get validated in the ways that you don't want it to be validated in those unhealthy ways. It's just like, this is what I expect. So this is what's going to happen. So that's what you're going to attract until you start working on it and fixing it. And then you'll find a dom like me suddenly. And you're like, yeah. what? wellness domination. What? Yeah. What is this? This is great. <laughs> why was that? Why did I know it was before? <laughs> That's so true, though. And isn't that just so sad that, like, when people need it the most, you know, they're not going to attract it because, but that's so true. It's like, I feel like that's a lot of people's experiences with kink. It's like, I did it, you know, I was just, yeah, being abused by whatever dom on the internet. And I was Mm -hmm. just, I was looking for it. I was going and getting it and participating Mm -hmm. in it actively for so long. Um, 
you know, because it was, yeah, filling that, that need coming from somewhere, but, um, yeah. And then did it come to a really painful moment and then you're like, okay, that's enough. Oh, for me as the facilitator. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm going to forward you the email of a really great life coach. (laughs) Her name is Shelby. Um, (laughs) yes, do it. But like that's so many people's stories because that's also just the learning curve of life also. It's like, oh God, I didn't do that in the best way for so many years until I learned better, until I knew better. And then I started to do do better. Yeah. And and again, like um, anyone who's listening to this and is like, oh my God, I just don't feel like I'm ready. It's okay. (laughs) Like it's okay if you're not ready to to change at this point in time, if it's serving you, if you're not in the like. There's going to be a point in time where if you're open to change and you're open to healing, it will happen. Eventually, you'll get there. It's going to take time. And you might not be ready for this now, but you you could be eventually, right? Yeah. So just um, take your time with your healing. If you if you recognize that you need it, just take your time with it and let it let it come as it's as it wants to. And but have compassion with yourself, because that's the thing that I've I found for myself. The thing that I needed to most give yes. back to myself was compassion. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. yes. percent. Okay, <laughs> Shelby, mm-hmm. where can people find and follow you and book you? All the things. Tell me. So, you the best place. Hmm, I have, I have hit and miss social media um, appearances. So my, (laughs) sometimes I'm into it. Sometimes I'm not. And sometimes like, I need to post every day. And then the pressure of it is like, no, we're not actually going to do that. That's that's way too much pressure for myself. Um, but my Instagram (laughs) at the moment, I'm thinking of changing the name, but at the moment it is Shelby, the happy hippie on Instagram. And my website is the happy hippies Academy or the HHA.ca. So you'll be able to, um, if you're interested, you can contact me on there. I'll give you my email also. Actually, this is probably the best way if you're really interested in doing um, coaching with me because I'm not going to do it until September 1st is when I'll start. Okay. But if, if you want to get on a wait list or you want to tell me that you're interested, then um, my email is shelbythehappyhippie at gmail.com. And just let me know that you kind of like heard heard about me through the podcast and that you're interested in life coaching and what you're kind of um, most interested in what, what hit home and uh, we can kind of go from there, but yeah, you can, you'll be able to book in September 1st on my website again, which is the HHA.ca, the happy hippies Academy. Um, but you can re- reach out to me in any of those forms. Like I'll, I'll answer you on Instagram or through emails the best because I can organize those. And then my contact forms, you'll you can subscribe through there. Great. Kind of thing. So any of those places are wonderful. Okie dokie. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I'm the most active on Twitter. So if you want to follow me there, I'm at the Lady Pim one. If you must go over to Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. I have a Patreon. It is the Bedpost Show. I have a YouTube channel. It is the Bedpost Show. And I don't like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for the pod. She is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Shelby, this has been so lovely. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. This was good. I'm glad that I uh, my nerves went down. I you just did got great. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it. We were feeling the flow. It was great. 
(laughs) everyone i hope you enjoyed it as well and thought it was awesome we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the bedpost podcast talking about sex and sexuality get fucked everybody goodbye bye guys (laughs)